You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are talking about something that I literally just experienced. I just experienced the worst sales pitch I have had in a really long time, and we're going to break it down, and I'm going to give you my tips on how to not do the things that this person just did trying to sell me. Now, before we get into the episode, make sure you've headed on over to Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners on Facebook. You have joined that group. You have also joined All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners. If you are an All-Star Cheer Coach or you are a coach and owner or just an owner who wants to get into the coaching side of things, and check out nextgenowners.com as well as ngconferences.com where you can get signed up to attend our conference January 5th through the 7th in beautiful San Diego. You're not going to want to miss this one, you guys. It is absolutely going to be the best conference of 2024 until we have our Dallas conference in the summertime. I got to tell you, Shelly runs our conferences. She is our conference coordinator. She's the one putting all those live events together, and she every single time is one upping herself. She's just constantly upping our game. If you came to our conference in Dallas and you were like, wow, this is the best cheerleading conference I have ever been to. Well, get ready. If you come in January, you're going to say it again. There's going to be even more content, new content. We are putting out multiple classes that we've never done before. It's going to be absolutely a banger of a conference. You are not going to want to miss it. All right. I think I've harped on that enough. Now let's get into what I just had happen, which was I just had a sales presentation at my house and it was absolutely horrible. Um, now before we got talk all about all the things that went wrong with this presentation, sales is something that I am incredibly passionate about. If you are not a good salesperson, you should become a good salesperson. Whether or not you plan to do the sales in your business, you need to understand why it is important to be a good salesperson so you can train your staff on how to sell. Your ability to sell your product will directly correlate to your enrollment, your revenue, your ability to charge higher prices, all of those things. You've got to make sure that you understand how to sell and you are at least decent at it and you are able to train your staff on how to sell. Now, this presentation I just had, first off, I have to fully admit that going into it, I was annoyed. This was a knock on the door situation where someone knocked on the door and and scheduled an appointment with Tori to come and talk about uh, our roof. And then they followed up, but they came on a Sunday and I was about to leave for the gym. And I was like, what do you need from me? And they were like, well, I need about an hour and a half of your time. And I was like, I don't have an hour and a half. So we rescheduled for today. Um, I asked him to remind me earlier. He didn't. He reminded me 10 minutes before I had planned to finish my meeting with Tori and go to jujitsu and get to work out. And, uh, I had to, I didn't get to go because this guy showed up for this sales pitch. And so I'm already going into it just a little bit annoyed because it messed with my schedule because I didn't put it in my calendar. So that's kind of on me, but I was a little bit like, okay, well let's do this thing. 
And he comes in with all of his, you know, examples of roofing and his, you know, big folder and sits down with us. And he started off by coming in and being like, oh, wow, beautiful house. And he we have some awards that Tori's dad put up that I earned as a police officer that are up on one of our walls. And he was like, oh, what are your awards? And so he started looking at uh, some of the awards and was like, oh, that's cool. And then sits down with us. And for the first I would say 20 to 30 minutes. He talked to us about the company that he works for. He must have said, well, they're li- we were licensed and bonded three or four different times. And he talked about when they were founded and how many jobs they do and you know, all s- sorts of nonsense that I just flat out didn't care about. And my body language gradually went from being like, okay, I'm going to talk to you to I'm sitting down in my chair. I'm not really looking at him. I'm slouching because I literally am counting down the seconds going, when is this guy going to actually get to anything I care about? I give zero cruds about the the history of their company. I don't care that they did 1800 homes last year. That doesn't matter to me. I don't care about any of these things that you are telling me. What you never did, he at no point in time in this sales pitch told me why I needed to get a new roof, convinced me that I needed to act anytime in the near future, or pitched why we should go with their company. Now, I get that the, maybe the effort of talking about their background and their history and you know telling us everything about their company, when their owner was born and all this nonsense, why that was somehow relevant to me picking their company, but nothing he told me was convincing. They've, there was one point in time about... 25 minutes in that he got to, you know, we care about the environment and this is how much we save uh, in terms of waste. And, you know, we donate money to, uh, to charities. Uh, and then they, they made a really weird comment talking about how, you know, they were it really, it was very disjointed. And so I sound disjointed cause I just sat through this disjointed presentation. Um, uh, but he had, you know, it was, the way he presented it, he opened up his folder and he literally had just printouts and he was flipping pages. And each page was like something he had to talk about. And it was like, here's a map of all the different places we did jobs. And we do jobs in Washington and Oregon and California and uh, Nevada. And like, I don't care, dude. Like, I literally don't care where all you do jobs. What I care about is the fact that you're trying to convince me to give you a significant amount of money to do a job at my house. And what I was going to say is he made this weird comment of like, you know, we always, we, we aren't the most, we aren't the cheapest, uh, but we aren't the most expensive. We were try to be right in the middle. And, uh, you know, the cheapest is, uh, Chuck in a truck, uh, roofing, which you never want to hire. Then you got the most expensive, but we really try and keep costs low. And, you know, we only have a 10% profit, uh, built in for ourselves. And I'm like, why are you telling me that? Like instantly as a business owner, I go, if you only have a 10% profit built in, you're not making enough money. Like I'm doing the math looking at, okay, 10% profit on a $25,000 job. That means you're only making $2,500 for the company. I don't believe you, right? Like I can do math really quickly in my head and I can do a 10% and I can go, okay, well, 10% of that is this. There's no way. There's no way that their company is only taking 20 or only taking a 10%. Uh, profit. Now, is it maybe 10% after all expenses to include salaries, paying their rent, all of those things? Then maybe, maybe it is a true 10% profit, but that's disingenuous. And I'm smarter than that. 
Um, and so he went on and on and on. And an hour and 15 minutes into this, he finally gets to what the price tag is. Finally says, hey, you have three different options and these three different options. You have this price, this price, and this price. And his price, their pricing was totally jacked up. And I'm, I don't want to go way into detail on pricing. That's going to be another episode. And actually, a number of different episodes I'm going to talk about in terms of pricing and pricing strategy. But there was no pricing psychology there. They did a little bit of bundling, but it wasn't really well presented. And even in talking about his bundling, he spent no time convincing me why I needed his highest tier package. The highest tier package was essentially $3,000 more than the lowest tier package. And from what I could understand is it was a longer warranty, but he said the warranty was longer than the life of the roof would even be. Um, like in no one, no roof would last for 50 years, no matter what. And that warranty doesn't actually mean that the roof gets replaced for free. So it doesn't actually make sense. The warranty didn't really matter, but we would get this better ventilation, but we didn't really need the ventilation because the ventilation we had was adequate. So I'm like, I don't under, you're not selling me on this. You're not selling me on why I need to go above your lowest level package. And so it was just, ugh, there were so many different errors with it. So I want to talk to you about why some sales tactics, some sales techniques, as well as why it is so critically important that you are training your staff on this because this guy is a professional salesperson. It is what he does. He represents for this company to go out and do sales. And I will tell you, he could probably be closing way more of them if he listened to this podcast and just did the things that I was doing. He wasn't an unpersonable kind of person, but he made a lot of different errors. Okay. His biggest error he made is he didn't get to know me or the client. He didn't get to know who he was trying to sell. In fact, I know way more about him than he knew about me. He was pulling up pictures of Facebook to show us a picture of his dog and pictures of his kids going trick-or-treating. And I know, you know where they live. I know that his daughter actually does cheerleading. I know all of these things about him. But aside from about 25 to, well, 35 minutes in asking if we even had kids, which is ludicrous because we literally had pictures of our kids on the wall that he had to walk past. Um, aside from asking us that later on, he never really got into understanding who we are. He made a lot of statements, very salesman style statements of like, you know, you guys appreciate quality. I know that about you. And you guys appreciate these things. You know, I know that about you. No, he doesn't. He literally doesn't know that about us because he never asked us a question. So what he's saying is based off of what he sees inside our house that we appreciate that. Okay, well, walking into my house, if you were like, I know you appreciate things that are high quality, but a good value. Tell me how you're going to do that. Well, you're going to look at my cars. Well, what my cars tell you is I don't give a crap about my cars. I need a car to get you me from point A to point B. I am not a person who drives the nicest car. I don't care. I just want my car to work. It's a utility for me and my family. So my cars wouldn't tell you that. And then if you walk into my house, yeah, we have, you know, our... Uh, our plank vinyl flooring that we installed ourselves. We have a nice little dining room table, but like we don't have a bunch of really expensive things. So you wouldn't ever get that we are, you know, a high quality taste by walking 20 feet into our house and sitting at our dining room table. So it was an asinine comment. He doesn't actually know that about me because he doesn't know me at all. So instead of convincing your client to get to know everything about you, you need to get to know them. That's point number one. You need to know your potential customer. The better you know them, the better you can sell to them. The better you can 
tell them how your product solves their problems. It's also the better way to overcome their resistance points that they may end up having. Although when we're really getting to that like overcoming a lot of resistance, sometimes it's okay to go, this person isn't ready to buy from me right now. And that's all right, which he eventually did um, because I had a very like, he could have tried to close me every which way from Sunday. Now, maybe if he'd had a different pitch, I would have been like, man, we got to do this thing now. But he never did that. So you got to get to know your client. So then you or your prospective client. So then you can frame your sale directly to them. How does this relate to someone in the cheer and gymnastics world? Well, if I have a new person coming into my gym, one, I want to know why they're there. Are they interested in recreational tumbling? Are they interested in joining a team? Are they interested in a stunt class? Are they interested in private lessons? What is it that they're looking to get? Are they just interested in getting their kid physically active and they used to be a cheerleader? Those are all things I want to suss out so I can then pitch to them better and I know which one of my products to sell them. That was another error this guy made. Apparently they sell housing and windows and roofing and solar. Well, we already have solar. Uh, he was trying to sell us a roof. We actually need some work on our siding and we need work on windows. Those would have actually been easier sells for him, but I think he was just primarily a roofing salesman, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, he literally said, we sell all these things and then never told me how their company could solve those problems, which he noted, oh yeah, you do have some seals that are broken on some windows. You're right. We do. Never went into that. So know your client. Ask them questions. Hey, why are you here? What are you hoping to get out of it? What are you interested in? Awesome. Oh, wow. How many kids do you have? Okay. If someone's coming to my gym, I want to know how many kids they have. Because if they only brought one and they have five more kids, what does that immediately tell me? They're busy which means schedule is going to become a key factor for them. Are they going to be able to make this work within their schedule? Right? I want to know how many kids they have. I want to know what their kids do. I want to know what background they have. I want to get to know the client. So get to know your clients. This guy didn't get to know us, which is part of what made his presentation so bad. He was just following a script. He was told, go through these points in the presentation. This is the, this is the method. And he was probably taught by someone who did door-to-door sales 20 years ago when people had a different palette for that. They were more used to it. There was an era in time, okay, when I was growing up, where if someone knocked on your door, it was like, ooh, someone's at the door. This is exciting. Now when someone knocks at the door, we look at the ring, we generally curse, we hope it's an Amazon package, we yell at the dog that's barking, we're annoyed. Don't come to my door. Why are you coming to my door? I hate door-to-door salespeople, right? It's just annoying. They may have a great product, but I already don't want to interact with you like that. So you're working from that perspective and using that old, old school perspective and now trying to sell me it's just not a good technique. So number one, he didn't get to know us. Number two, he never convinced me why I need his product. At no point in time did he ever convince me of why I needed to get a new roof. Like not once. He said, yeah, you have a roof. It could probably get replaced sometime. Uh, You got a little bit of moss, but it's not crazy bad. Uh, You don't have any shingles falling off. The shingles are deteriorating a little bit but you should probably get a new roof in the next three to five years. It is nearing the end of its life. But at no point in time did he convince me of like, hey, you really need to replace this roof or you want to replace it now because of X, Y, and Z. Yes, your roof isn't bad. It's going to be bad in the next three years, but you want to replace it now because of this, this, and this. And if you don't do it now, you're going to be paying $10,000 more in the future or you're not going to be able to resell the house without 
um, reshingling it, you know, all of these things. There are so I'm sitting here going, you could have said this and this and this to convince me as the expert in a roof, which you're supposed to be and I'm not. And that would have actually gained weight for me, but you didn't say any of those things. And so I'm not going to ask them. I'm not going to prime myself to be sold, but also like you should be doing those things. So from that perspective, he should have said, you have moss on your roof. Our, he did eventually talk about this, but he never tied them together. He made me as the customer figure it out. He said, yeah, you have moss on your roof. And then an hour later, he told me how the shingles that they have, have a like some sort of in process that make it so they don't grow moss. So solving my moss problem, which moss does create problems for roofs. So you want these new shingles because you won't get moss for uh, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, depending on the package that you went with. So that was the only selling point that I had to come up with. I had to think of it because he didn't ever tie it to my own roof, right? So you've got to sell those things. He didn't talk about the moss. He didn't say, hey, you're, it's nearing the end of its life. And if you're looking to sell your house or, you know, it's really by doing this, you're going to increase the value of your home by, you know, $15,000. The cost of the replacement is 25. So it's really only costing you $10,000 out of pocket when you resell the home. And it's going to last you for the rest of your life in the home if you don't resell it. So it's a very minor investment for a long-term gain. Over 25 years, the amount of money that you're spending, you're spending $1,000 a year. It's less than $100 a month to have lifetime security for your home for the rest of your life in the roof. It's never going to have leaks. It's never going to have issues. It's going to be well-ventilated. It's going to reflect the heat. It's going to do all these different things for you. What would you tell, what would you say if I told you that by reinstalling this roof, you're going to decrease your energy costs, you're going to do da, 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 and he listed all those things out. I'd be like, man, that does sound good. But he didn't do any of that. He didn't do any of that. He just kind of word vomited information, spent more time telling me about his own company's background. And I know that they have a 20,000 square foot warehouse. And I know that they have about 60 employees that work per day. And I know that they have 25 employees that go out canvassing door to door daily because that's the best way they've found to drive sales. How does that matter to me as a customer to buy a roof? Like, don't waste my time. I'm not interested in that. Talk to me about how you're going to solve my problem. Now, we need to take that back to cheer. Okay. So if you're selling cheer, you're selling gymnastics, you need to talk to how your product is going to solve their problem or solve what it is they're looking for, right? You've got to, and you get to that by understanding your clients. So step one, know who you're selling to. Step two, answer how you are helping them. Get to it. Paint it, give them a very clear path, draw them the map. This is your problem here. That's point A. By using our services, that's point B. It's going to get you to your destination. That's point C. You've got to do that. You've got to draw that linear connection. Don't rely on the customer to figure it out themselves. You've got to sell them on the product. You've got to make them see the value and understand why it is they need to buy from you. All right. It's so important. And he just didn't do that. And then the last thing is he got to the, the price and never convinced me of what package I should go with or why I should price things the way I should. And he discounted things way too fast. Okay. So I'm going to break each one of those things down. So he got to price really, really late, like at the end of the presentation. 
it would be much better, in my opinion, to get into price a little bit earlier. Not at the beginning. You don't want to open with, well, just so you know, it's going to cost this much money. You obviously want to conv- understand people and show them the value of your product before you drop the price on them. Um, but you don't want it to waste so long because it creates a tension in the conversation. I'm always sitting there waiting for the shoe to drop. You know, how much is it going to cost me to do this thing that you're trying to tell me I should do? So we eventually want to get to the pricing. And I like to actually throw pricing out a little bit earlier with like, you know, ballpark, our most expensive package is this. I just kind of want to seed that in their mind of, you know, well, our most expensive top tier, if you did our absolute most expensive, it'd be roughly around this much money because that lets people know kind of the ballpark we're talking in. So then I can give them different pricing options to get them to where I want them to be. So he, he took too long to do that, to tell me what the price tag was. And then the second thing was he didn't really differentiate why I would want to pay more for each. Like no package felt like a better deal. It was just like, eh, each package is $1,500 more than the other one. And so it's, it's really marginal differences between the two. So just do whatever. Uh, so it didn't convince me. Like I, I have no idea why I would go with his highest tier package versus the lowest tier package. It just didn't really have any sort of like resounding impact on my mindset towards the product. So you've got to make sure that you're actually convincing people why you want, why they should take advantage of your most expensive product. What is the advantage of that thing and sell it to them. And the way you present it needs to be done in that manner. He didn't start with the highest tier price first. He actually started, well, he kind of did, but it was after he'd done all the numbers and I could see them all written on the page. So it just really wasn't the greatest presentation of it. And then lastly, he was way too quick to discount things. So if you remember, I mentioned, he said, well, we have a 10% profit margin. Then we set our cap at 10% profit. And I was like, I did the math in my head. And I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. You're not a profitable business then. And then he's like, oh, well, you know, uh, we'll discount it 5% for uh, military first responder discount. And then I'll throw in an extra this and I'll out of my pocket, which I always hate it when people say that it's out of my pocket. I mean, maybe he's taking it off his commission, but I highly doubt it. Um, so now you're going to discount at 5% automatically just boom right off the bat for military first responder. That means you have a 5% profit margin. No way, no way. So that makes me now go back to what you said earlier and not trust you as much. Right. And don't be so quick to discount. I literally at no point in in time said it was too expensive. I said, I need to do some research because you're telling me I have to remove my solar panels and I'm going to have to pay for that out of pocket outside of what you're quoting me for the roof. So I've got to look into that. You told me I need to contact my solar company to see if they'll do it for free. That takes time. So he actually built in resistance to the sale himself by saying you should contact them because they'll do it cheaper than us. That was a horrible strategy for trying to close me today. And he really wanted to close me today, but he introduced that that caveat, that factor that makes it so I literally would be stupid if I didn't wait because I need to contact the company that installed my solar and see if they'll take them off for free. We're talking like a $7,500 difference. He said, if they were going to take them off versus if my solar company did it for free. So that was a horrible strategy. And then he immediately discounted things when I never said that the the cost that I thought it was too expensive. I didn't. I know what roofs cost, generally speaking. I understand. I've had friends who've done them. And so when you tell me that I'm going to get a new roof at your mid-tier package with a 30-year warranty and all these other things, and it's going to be $25,000, you know, I'm not, I, that doesn't stress me out too much. I go, okay, yeah, that seems 
fairly reasonable. I'm not having to climb up on the roof. Like, yep, I get it. Um, that makes sense to me. And then you immediately start discounting. That makes me go, oh, well, then you are overcharging me or what, what? what's the situation there, right? There was no resistance on the money side. There was just resistance on, I don't have that much cash on hand at the moment because I have things tied up into other avenues. And I'm already looking at some other strategies financially that I'm going to be financing some other things. And I need to look at what makes the best uh, sense for my credit and for my financing moving forward. So it was just a really, really poor execution. So when I say that, how do we tie that back to our sales strategy? Well, one, we've got to present our pricing in in a smart manner. Two, we want to avoid discounting too quickly and when it's unnecessary. You don't need to just instantaneously discount things. Um, and three, we've got to present things in a manner that like make people want to buy the package we want them to buy. If you don't ever present that that way, they're not going to purchase. So. I've been going on for a little bit. Uh, you can tell I'm a little bit fired up. I've already gone, gone for 24 minutes. I had absolutely no structure to this. And I'm still just talking about all the errors this guy made. And I'm wasting your time now. But hopefully you're learning from it. Hopefully you are learning from the painful experience that Tori and I uh, sat through getting the sales pitch. Now, that said, will I not buy from them? I don't know. Uh, they have a good product. I'm smart enough to know that. But it was not a good sales pitch. Like I'm not leaving like, yep, we have to do this thing. I'm like, meh, maybe, maybe this year, like, and you telling me, Hey, well, it's going to go up next year. Like you didn't sell me ever on the fact that inflation and construction costs and all those things are constantly increasing. Never really talked about that aside from, ah, we account for inflation. So this quote's good for a year. All right. Well, great. The difference between when you talk to me and, and where I'm at and go, oh, the difference between $1,500 and not is it's not that big of a difference to me. Like I can figure that out. So again, he would know that if he knew the customer, if he asked me important questions um, and maybe he didn't want to ask those questions. Maybe he thinks it's uncomfortable to ask people about their financial considerations, but there's other ways to say, you know, like, Hey, what matters to you? What's the most important thing to you? Now, if he had paid attention, he, and he even said this, my time is really important to me. Okay. My time is important to me. Money is important, but time is more important because for me, time equals money. And when I have the opportunity to do things with my time, I'm either able to make more money or do things that are more enjoyable. And I want to do those two things. And he already conflicted with my time and missed, made me miss something I think is enjoyable. And he compromised my time. So I wasn't able to make money. Now he gave me inspiration to come to a podcast. So I do appreciate that. So thank you for coming and giving me a bad sales pitch because I left and I was like, boom, I am doing a podcast on this today. I'm going to release it tomorrow. So I am grateful for uh, the poor experience because it lets me share that with you all. Sales is a critical component for your business. If you do not take it seriously, if you do not grow your ability, you are going to be behind. You need to be able to close people in person and sell them on your product, whether it be on the phone, in person, uh, with your ad copy. Uh, you've got to be able to sell people. You got to know what people are looking for, and you've got to answer their questions and tell them how you and your product are going to fix their problems. I hope you enjoyed the episode, everyone. As always, check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. He's got some great content and the Cheer Mom podcast. They're both fantastic. Check them both out. Uh, I hope you loved this episode. Make sure you get signed up for our conference in San Diego. And with that, we will catch you on the next one. 
thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.